0: I'm Pastor Nicole Chapman-Farley, Interim Associate Pastor, and this is the message. We're glad that you are listening from here in Libertyville, Lake County, or around the world. Center your heart now with a prayer for illumination. Listen deeply to Holy Scripture, and allow the message to speak God's Word for your life.
1: Please join me in prayer. Guide us, O God, by your word and your spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading today is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. In this reading, we learn that by calling Peter, Jesus is about something bigger than just affirming Peter. The reason for the call is not to say to Peter, buck up, little buddy, you're not so bad, but rather stop being afraid now. We have work to do. Listen now as Peter comes around to his calling. One day, Jesus was standing beside Lake Gennesaret when the crowd pressed in around to hear uh, God's word. Jesus saw two boats sitting by the lake. The fishermen had gone ashore and were washing their nets. Jesus boarded one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, then asked him to row out a little distance from the shore. Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he finished speaking to the crowds, he said to Simon, Row it farther into the deep water and drop your nets for a catch. Simon replied, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing, but because you say so, I'll drop the nets so they dropped their nets and their catch was so huge that their nets were splitting they signaled for their partners in the other boat to come and help them they filled both boats so full they were about to sink when simon peter saw the catch he fell at Jesus' knees and said oh leave me lord for i am a sinner peter and those with him were overcome with amazement because of the number of fish that they had caught james and john zebedee's son were Simon's partners and they were amazed too. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. As soon as they brought the boats back to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. This is the end of the first reading of scripture today. May God put this reading to our use. And our second reading today is taken from Judges, chapter six, verses 11 to 24. And in this reading, Gideon demonstrates one-step-at-a-time mentality in Judges 6 when God taps him to lead the Israelites against the forces of Midian. Gideon is clearly skeptical whether he's the right man for the job and whether God is going to make good on the promise to be with him. What follows is a series of encounters, tests, and incremental steps forward. Here now a portion of Gideon's story. Then the Lord's messenger came and sat under the oak at Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Bezrite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The Lord's messenger appeared to him and said, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." But Gideon replied to him, "With, with all due respect, my lord, if the Lord is with us, what has happened to all of us? Where have all his amazing where, where are all his amazing works that our ancestors recounted to us, saying?" Didn't the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and followed Midian to overpower us. Then the Lord turned to him and said, You have strength, so go and rescue Israel from the power of Midian. Am I not personally sending you? But again Gideon said to him, With all due respect, my Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my household. The Lord replied, because I am with you, you'll defeat the Midianites as if they were just one person. Then Gideon said to him, if I've gained your approval, please show me a sign that it's really you speaking to me. Don't leave here until I return. Bring my offering and set it in front of you. The Lord replied, I'll stay until you return. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat and used an ephah of flour and unleavened bread. He put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot and brought them out to him under the oak and presented them. Then God's messenger said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and set them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. The Lord's messenger reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire came up from the rock and devoured the meat and the unleavened bread. And the Lord's messenger vanished before his eyes. Then Gideon realized that it had been the Lord's messenger. Gideon exclaimed, oh no, Lord God, I have seen the Lord's messenger face to face. But the Lord said to him, please, peace, don't be afraid, you won't die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord makes peace. It still stands today in Ophrah of the Abezrites. This is the end of our reading from scripture today. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Friends, will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Peter is like so many others we read about before him. Who, when encountering god try with great humility to back out of whatever it is that they are being called to do and then we have gideon and i find his reply so much more relatable we read the lord's messenger appeared to him and said the lord is with you mighty warrior and how does this farmer reply it begins almost like a Monty Python sketch. With all due respect, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his amazing works that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, didn't the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and allowed Midian to overpower us. The world around us is terrible and heartbreaking and hopeless. Not in the same ways as it was for Gideon, but not in such dissimilar ways. We learn a bit about his world in the preceding verses. The Israelites did things that the Lord saw as evil and the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years the power of the Midianites prevailed over Israel. And because of the Midianites, the Israelites used crevices and caves in the mountains as hidden strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted seeds, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other Easterners would invade. They would set up camp against the Israelites and destroy the land's crops as far as Gaza leaving nothing to keep Israel alive, not even sheep, oxen, or donkeys. They would invade with their herds and tents, coming like a swarm of locusts so that no one could count them or their camels. They came into the land to destroy it. So Israel became very weak on account of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord. We don't tend to understand our folly as God's punishing us the way that ancient civilizations did. But we understand that the Midianites laid siege to the Israelites to weaken them, presumably considering the brutality of the Midianites' tactics. You can understand where Gideon's skepticism comes from and his apparent doubting of God and God's willingness to show favor On Israel. Now the education theme for this week continues in the unit called Do Not Fear. And we hear this message in both of our readings today. The specific theme for today is take one step at a time. As so often happens with me as I rest and wrestle with the text for the week, a song will come to mind. How many of you, show of hands, I know some of you as parents of young girls will be able to answer yes, have seen Frozen 2. So for those of you who haven't, I will give you a brief summary to catch you up to where the song which summoned me comes in. Elsa and Anna are royal sisters. As adolescents, their parents die and Elsa becomes queen of Arendelle and Anna, the younger sister, is a princess. Elsa senses a call, a literal luring song to step away from her reign to better understand who she is more holy. In short, she runs away from Arendelle and Anna, but Anna, worried about her sister, pursues her until events occur that leave Anna believing Elsa is dead. Here's part of what she sings in response. This grief has a gravity. It pulls me down. But a tiny voice whispers in my mind, you are lost. Hope is gone. But you must go on and do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. Take a step. Step again. It is all that I came to do, the next right thing. I won't look too far ahead. It's too much for me to take. But break it down to this next breath, this next step, this next choice is one that I can make. I won't look too far ahead. It's too much for me to take but break it down to this next breath, this next step. Gideon's world was terrible and heartbreaking and hopeless, and so too was Anna's, just in a more personal way. While Anna is fictional, her lyrics were born out of tenderness for two of the songwriters, Disney collaborators and colleagues, each of whom lost a child in the course of production of Frozen and Frozen 2. Now, none of us are royalty processing the death of a sibling. And just some of us have endured the death of a child. Perhaps relatable to us all is the story of Laura Eshelman. As NPR tells it along with her, Laura Eshelman was in the middle of a mental health spiral. Eshelman said, I was leaving a downtown business where I had yet another job application rejected. I was feeling pretty down and decided to go to the Whole Foods across the street. As she crossed the street, Eshelman noticed a man asking for money on the corner. She recalls, and as I approached, he turned his attention to me, and again asked if he could have a little bit of money. I don't remember what my response was to him. What I do recall is that whatever it was that I said was very unkind and harsh, something to the tune of, leave me alone. I don't have anything to give you. Just bug off. She continued into the grocery store, but as she perused the aisles, she noticed herself feeling distracted and rattled. I couldn't quite put my finger on it until the realization of how rude and awful I had been to this person hit me like an anvil, Eshelman said. I remember thinking, what have you become? Who are you? Eshelman left her groceries behind and rushed outside to find the man who was still on the street corner. I hustled over to him, began apologizing profusely and dug out some change that had, of course, been at the bottom of my pocket the whole time, Eshelman said. As she handed him the change, the man took her hand in both of his, and he just said, it's going to be okay. And for the first time in a long time, I felt like somebody was seeing my own pain, and I started to cry. The world is terrible. And heartbreaking and hopeless. We might be skeptical and doubt about God and God's willingness to show up for us. We might not understand how Peter walks away from the life he knew after a brief experience with the Lord. And the simple words don't be afraid, from now on, you will be fishing for people. But we might understand Anna, following the voice that spoke, you are lost, hope is gone, but you must go on and do the next right thing. We might understand Laura Eshelman heeding her own voice, which asked, what have you become? Who are you? Her final words in the interview were a reflection on her momentary exchange with a man who had asked something of her. If he were here right now, I would love to be able to tell him that that moment on the street was one of few glimmers in that extremely dark period of my life. Friends, the world is terrible and heartbreaking and hopeless right now. And in the midst of it all, our faith calls. Our Savior calls to us saying, don't be afraid. Our faith beckons us to take one step. Our faith seeks us in simple interactions with others. Bishop Howard Gregory notes about Peter and Jesus that a seemingly insignificant encounter between two persons opens up possibilities certainly not envisaged at that time by Peter. Ashelman's reflection suggests the same. This time is overwhelming, as frankly all times are, just in different ways. Don't be afraid. Just take the next right step to where God is already waiting to guide you forward, to guide each of us forward. God is with us. God lights our ways. Do not be afraid. Break it down to the next breath. Take the next right step. So may it be for you and for me.
1: Thank you for listening on our podcast or through our YouTube playlist of sermons. Be sure to forward this message to someone who you believe is seeking
0: God's word today.